Running with Jake, the quick hit. Hi, this is Jake from Running with Jake, the podcast. Full episodes are released every Wednesday, but this is the quick hit, which is audio taken from one of the live videos on my social channels. This one is from the Instagram lives that I do every Friday with ex-GB athlete, fellow coach, and my friend, Joe Wilkinson. To follow us both on Instagram, just search for Running with Jake and Running Joe 10K. Let's get into it. Good afternoon. Happy Friday. Happy lunchtime. Happy, happy, happy. Happy pre-marathon. Few days leading up to London next weekend. Very exciting. I'm not doing London. I'm doing Manchester, but I'm super excited for everybody that is taking part in London. It's going to be nice to check in and see how people are doing uh, in the race, ready for the Manchester Marathon. Today, if you've never joined us before, it is a chat around where we pick a different topic each week, every Friday at 12.30, either on my page or my friend, who is also a running coach, her page, Running Joe 10K, who's now going to join me. And we have a different subject each week. Today, we are going to chat about something a little bit different because we're so used to talking about other people's running as coaches, helping other people, giving different topics for a given different uh, food for thought for different topics where running's concerned. We're going to talk about our own marathon goals, our fears, our doubts, our training. I'm going to let Joe in now. Joe's telling me she's here. She's here. She's here. Good, good, good. Here she is. Joe, I hope you are, <laughs> I hope you can make more sense of me today. I feel like I'm running out of words. It's like, it's only 12.31. I've spoken to you already today. I've sent so many messages to my runners. I've recorded bits for the podcast next week. I, I'm just, I can't string a sentence together. Help me. Are you all right? <laughs> Do you know, literally 30 seconds ago, I was on the desk, which is this thing in front of me, trying to get a fly out of the window. Which <laughs> Thinking, don't go live yet, Jake. Don't go live yet, Jake. This fly's going to kill me. Um, yeah, I'm good. I mean, I don't know if I can make more sense. I said to you this morning in the conversation that we had before, yeah, slightly hysterical. I was actually all nice and calm, and then the fly's done it for me again. It's the slightest thing sending me over the edge. Well, I'm pleased you're having <laughs> one of those days like me. I'm very pleased. We're in good, I'm clearly in good company. But look, let's jump straight into it. Normally, I was just saying, as you may have seen, we're we normally talk about other people's running as coaches. We're super passionate about that. And I'm sure all coaches are, or certainly should be. And often we put our runners, most of the time, put our runners training first, which makes sense. Even people that perhaps aren't our runners that we don't coach, whether that's people messaging us on social media or just people you, you see in passing. Once they know you're a coach, they want to ask you and pick your brains about running and stuff. So we're really passionate about that. I think it's really healthy for us to also talk about our running. So I'm going to ask you first of all, before you tell me a bit about London, how are you feeling? Do you find it, do you find it helps to talk about your running? And if, if so, do you have people you can talk to? I mean, we share bits, don't we? But then we're normally back to business talking podcasts and lives and things. Do you, do you chat about running much to family or friends? Um, I mean, <laughs> I bore people. <laughs> That'll do. You know, my family, I, I just, even I start to open my mouth, I, I say to my husband, he comes in from a run, and I say, how was your run? And he says, fine. And I'm like, well, we knew, was it good, bad? Did you, what's your pace? And then obviously, and he's like, it's just a run. And I come in and he says, how was your run? And I start giving him great detail about every step of it. And honestly, half the time he walks out the room. <laughs> so, so do I talk about my running? I try, but nobody listens, Jake. So well, to 
Brace yourself, folks. This We're going to listen now. We're going to listen. About my running, it's going. I, I can com- I can completely relate with Motti and my girlfriend. Like I always ask her, and like I can't help but coach her. I mean, I don't officially, but I suppose I do officially. Really, she just doesn't pay uh, me. Now, <laughs> I want to give you a bit of you know relationship advice here, Jake? Don't coach your other half. Well, the <laughs> only good I, thing I listen and I'm interested, in <laughs> but under no circumstances do I provide any advice whatsoever. <laughs> you know the. The only reason I think it works for me is because when we met, I was a coach. So it kind of, it, we, we, it almost set, not a precedent, but she, she, I was giving her advice before we even, you know, we're in a relationship. So I think it kind of helps a little bit. But I do have to be careful. I have to tread carefully. Look, let's, enough of me and Martina for now. Tell me about London. Should we start with target times? Come on, everybody wants to know that. I know there's a bit of pressure surrounding it. I don't want any sandbagging. I want you to be brutally honest. What are you thinking in terms of target times and how have you come to that conclusion? Okay. I'll be very happy with 325. <laughs> That's what I'm going to put out there. I mean, I'll be okay with 330. Um, I'll be stonkingly delighted, cheering and running up and down. Well, I won't be running up and down. I'll be hobbling up and down um, Trafalgar Square or whether in joy if it's anywhere around 320. So, it... <laughs> so it's good that you've got three times. We always talk about this anyway, and I've got three times that I'll share with you. How realistic do you think it is for 320, quite seriously? I mean, is it pie in the sky? God, do you know I'm as bad as everyone? So I've been on a guy that you know and I know called Tom Craggs, absolutely excellent marathon coach. Um, messaged me we were chatting about something else and he happened to men- mention this tanda uh, prediction which i've not come across before on this whole tanda thing so i have basically spent the entire time <laughs> i've wasted so many hours this week on tanda just you know because it's a new it's a new predictor isn't it it's brilliant <laughs> you can mess around with the variables <laughs> god so tanda's quite good i mean i quite like what it says it, it's <coughs> um it's yeah, it's in that three twenty-five. You know. How do you spell it? How do you spell it? T A N D A. Everyone's going to go mad. It's um. So Tanda looks at training as opposed to the race predictors. So obviously the other one I use a lot is Runners World Race Predictor, but that relies on another race, and I haven't got another race to predict from. So Tanda actually looks at basically that the the essence of Tanda is it comes from a bloke called Tanda who did a study. Uh, like all these studies, you know, it was about 20 participants and uh, all of them were male apart from one. So you've got all that caveats there. And he looked, he found the co- closest predictor or correlation um, between various different factors was the number of hours you spent running time on feet per week and the distance that you covered in that time on feet. And from that, he obviously came up with some marvellous algorithm that predicted your marathon time. <laughs> well, we will find out. We will find out. How do you spell it? T-A-N-D-A. Right, T-A-N-D-A. D-A. Okay, cool. Oh, look, it's going to... I wish I'd not told you that now because it's going to waste so much time. <laughs> really it. Should we cut this short? Run us through it. And then when you don't like what you get or you do, you'll be really happy or you'll be changing bits. <laughs> but do you, do you find it exciting though, Joe? Because, and let me finish that. So <laughs> I, 
you know, the, obviously there are nerves around this stuff. And I'm going to ask you about, you know, your experience, because we're very different, aren't we? In the sense that I've said to you, I'm still looking at running ideally, not necessarily in Manchester, which I'll mention, but I'm looking at running faster than I've ever ran over a marathon. You're not looking at running faster than you've ever ran. So it's kind of like some different, it's like a, a different, I don't know if it's a different drive or whether it is the same thing here. But do you find it exciting that it's the unknown? You know, you're like, oh, am I going to be able to achieve my A time or my B time or my C time? Or do you just hate all that? Would you rather know if somebody could say, this is what you're going to achieve? Or do you like the excitement, the build up, the unknown? So if I'm brutally honest, and, and this is where you need to get your tissues out, folks, <laughs> I would love to be in the position that you're in. And I would love to be in the position that a lot of the runners I coach are in, where that opportunity to run faster than you've ever run before is there. And the whole, as you say, that whole excitement around it, you know, oh, killed with nerves. And yet, you know, the anticipation and the excitement of what, what can I actually achieve, I think is amazing. And I do have that to a little bit. But the bottom line is I'm just going to run slower than I've ever run before. So that's quite depressing. I told you, you need to get your tissues out. Um, so I, I would love to be in a position to win. It's just... You, <laughs> you, we've spoken before, haven't we? And it may have even been on a live where you've said, you know, I've asked you the question, the whole good for age thing of, you know, do, do, does that float your boat? And I said to you before, it doesn't particularly float my boat, but... That's because I'm still looking at running quicker than I've ever run before. When I know that that is not the case anymore, and it probably isn't that far away, let's be honest, then would I set kind of new targets? It's difficult to know because it's all the unknown. Who knows? Life changes, doesn't it? So I might have a different focus completely. But I don't know whether the whole good phrase thing is hugely appealing at the moment. But for you, it, you agreed with me. You said it wasn't. But then you kind of, you, you changed your opinion a little bit, didn't you? You were sort of quite almost accepting of this, you know, okay, I'm not going to run faster than I've ever ran before. However, I'm really up for this, this new goal that I've set myself. Yeah. And I, yeah, I suppose that, you know, it, it is that kind of contradiction because I still enjoy running. As long as I don't objectively look at the time, then I enjoy, I enjoy that sense of achievement. And, and, you know, when I ran London, 2019 and I ran 319 I was absolutely delighted with that run so pleased and as pleased with that run you know pretty much as as pleased as I was with with the fastest marathon that I ran um I'm not sure I feel this one is just different for so many reasons so I'm not sure that yeah it's just yeah it is quite different so there, there is still that as long as I say as long as I just don't look objectively at, at what times are and I think as well if if I'm honest, you know, I know over the last 18 months, I've probably prioritised coaching over my own training. So there's some gaps in my training. I say to people, you know, never believe everything you see on social media because there are some gaps in my own training and some things I could probably listen to my own advice a little bit more. Um, so, yeah, kind of within that context. But do you know what? I'm still, I'm still excited about it. I was kind of thinking earlier in between the two conversations that we've had, um, because, you know, this morning I was slightly hysterical, which I am now, uh, and also <laughs> But actually, I'm, not, I'm just, I am excited. I think it's great. I am interested to see and excited to see how it's going to go. And I think, you know, yeah, we'll see. I don't know. <laughs> but I think it's different, isn't it? It's, it's very, you know, because when you're in my situation, to some extent, it's almost kind of quite protective. It's, it's quite challenging. You, that whole feeling which you, you must be about, 
you're putting yourself on the line, aren't you? How do you feel about that? I feel um, very different from how I felt in 2019. So I didn't finish Manchester in 2019. As you know, as many people watching may know. So I, I DNF'd at 18 miles. And it wasn't, for those people that don't know, a DNF where you, it was an injury or anything like that. In fact, I was on the DNF bus with several other runners that were wrapped in the foil sheets, all injured. And they're saying to me, what's your injury? What happened? I'm going, oh, just, um, I'm fine. I'm probably going to be out training next week. My head wasn't in it. I didn't want to be there. I didn't want to work hard. Just didn't want to be there. I was distracted thinking about other people elsewhere. just didn't want to be there. So stopped 18 miles and it was a different place. And I didn't, you know, in hindsight, I didn't protect myself in that race and leading up to it. So, you know, we talk about coaching and stuff. And we could be, you know, we're dead honest anyway, Joe, with each other and people watching. We really care about what we do. We really care about people. Even if it wasn't a job, we'd still care about helping people run. And I think I almost, sometimes I have to, I think there's a cost to that sometimes if you're still trying to do things with your own running. I think you've got to protect yourself a bit. And we say to our runners, look, it's important to bubble wrap yourself and protect yourself, especially leading up to a big event. And, you know, don't get involved in activities that are perhaps not right for you. You know, make sure you rest and all those things stay off social media if that can rock you a little bit. But I was there at the weekend helping people in Manchester, like not just my runners, but people that I was just chatting to on the train that may have known me from the podcast or from, well, I wasn't doing the podcast then, but from me, the social media or just get chatting or, you know, and I I even did a live video on Facebook on the morning of the race, like minutes before I was due to take part in the race. And I just thought, you know, this time around, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be ignorant. I'm not going to be like radio silence, but I just, I just want a good race. Now, if you were to say to me, oh, what's your goal? Like I've got target times, which I'll mention in a minute, but my real goal, and I genuinely mean this, I've said this to you already, Joe, is to work hard. Now, when we, we talk about goals, people often say, well, smart goal setting, it's got to be measurable. How do you measure working hard? Well, I'm not being funny, but do you not know if you're working hard? Do you not finish a session and think, I worked bloody hard in that session, or actually, I think I could have given a bit more, be it session or rest, uh, session or race. So for me, I just want to know that I've given everything I can. I'm expecting it to be hard in the latter stages because it will be. And I just, there's a few things I want from that weekend. I want to work hard which will give me confidence because I, I sort of want confidence in my ability again. Does that make sense? I sort of want to feel like I'm on my way back. I, I don't want, I'm not after my dream time in, in Manchester. My dream time is sub three hours. You know, I'm, I'm not even going to, and I'm not sandbagging here. I'm not even going to set off in the first mile at the pace that I need to, to be breaking through. It's not on the table, but I want a nice stepping stone. I, I want a bit of confidence back because my last, I suppose, good marathon where I ran it well and it was, it was fast and it was those things that I wanted you go back to Amsterdam 2015, where I did three hours four. So I was aiming at the classic good for age, 305. I ran it really, really well. Last mile was the fastest, all that sort of stuff. I kind of want to get back near that again. Will I do it? I don't know. But I want to be in spitting distance. So mm. that's kind of my, my second target, really. So to work hard, get some confidence, know where I am. So it's, a, it's always a good measure, isn't it? If you think, well, look, I ran you know, 319 or whatever in London or whatever distance and time that's i get it everything the conditions were optimum that's where i am at the moment and you, know, you can use that to move forward and i suppose the final thing i said there was three there's probably more than that the final thing is celebrating with all the runners that are going to be there that i've helped so the runners that i coach i think it's about 15 of us in total that are going to be there that weekend which is going to be awesome there's a couple of people doing the half most people doing the marathon 
you know, obviously staggered starts. We don't know where anybody's going to be, but just to be there. I mean, some of these runners, as you know, it's online coaching. I've not met. I've never met, but I've got such a strong relationship with them just through social media and all that stuff. So I'm supercharged for that afterwards as well and have like a great time. So that's, they're kind of my reasons behind it. And I, I don't want to lose sight of that, Joe, really, by putting unnecessary pressure on myself and, and, and risky not enjoying the weekend, you know, which we'd say to runners, I think. Yeah, I do understand that. Because I, I think to myself, I often think, why, why are you still doing the London Marathon? Um, genuinely do question that sometimes, particularly as we started about talking about the fact that I am just getting slower. And, you know, the reason is because I, it, it, it's just the atmosphere is great and just the opportunity to be in that big race and that buzz and everything. And even though I know I'm not going to run faster than I've run before, I just love that feeling. But I also, I can't just go and jog round. It's, it's just not my personality because I also quite enjoy masochistic flogging yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that feeling of complete exhaustion and and kind of fighting through it you know that's part of what gives you the buzz afterwards as well so that's why I'm still doing it because you you know yeah it, it's just it's an experience isn't it I'm doing it for the experience but I also want to feel that I've given it a good effort otherwise I would just turn up and not not train as much as I have done and, and not be bothered about the outcome so I can't lie I do but you <laughs> You know, you, you're really honest with this anyway. And you said earlier, you've got that competitive streak in you. It's the way you're wired. So, and, and people are different, aren't they? I think, you know, some people aren't as competitive and, and would just get round and just want to jog it and, and whatever. And that's absolutely fine. And I've done some marathons that have been so rewarding, in some respects, almost more re rewarding than the ones I've raced, where I've just, I've, I've paced people and I've, I've been there with the selfie stick, filming it, getting the crowd going, running back and forth, messing about. You know, it's almost more exhausting than when I'm actually just getting my head down and racing it. So really rewarding. But if, you know, it's like people watching this. If We're talking about our running, but hopefully you guys will get something from it and you find it interesting as well. But if you really, you're competitive and you want to push and you want to give it everything, then why not? You know, like, for example, Manchester, 2019, I didn't finish. Everybody, I went quiet afterwards because I just need, like he's in, on social media and mobile and everything. I just needed to process my thought because that wasn't part of the plan. The plan was not to finish. And it really caught me by surprise because as I mentioned earlier, the, the pace was really even right up to 18. I just stopped. The pace didn't even drop off. It was just getting hard. I wasn't up for working hard. Didn't want to be there. Done. But when I went quiet, when I sort of resurfaced and started to message on Facebook and whatnot, so many people were really supportive and understanding and you know which a running community is you always get one or two don't you and there was a guy on Strava and he put something like I don't know I think he was a personal trainer or something looking at his, his Strava handle I don't know who he is but he said something like oh you know blah 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 uh, you know basically saying that I didn't finish the race like you know uh, I would have had the strength to finish the race or whatever not that phrase and then he and then he said uh, you know I've done five marathons and I've finished every one or whatever and I didn't even respond because I'm like that I just sit back and think about those things and sure enough everybody else kind of um, gets involved don't mean kind of defends you a bit and I just thought to myself I didn't want to finish the marathon I didn't want to just jog to the finish line and get a t-shirt and get a medal and I didn't want to do that I was so focused on time and at the point at the time I was going for sub three 
So in my mind, I just wanted to get back training again. You know, running a fast 80 miles, you're going to recover a lot quicker than running a fast 26.2 miles, you know, right at the end when you're exhausted, bearing in mind I've trained for 26. But it's just really interesting how some people have in their minds, oh, well, I would finish, oh, well, this and that. And, and that really made me think, it's my bloody goal. And it's, I would say to anybody watching this, it's your goal, whatever you want. If you decide you want to play out the race to protect yourself physically, mentally, or if you only want to achieve a time and that's what your focus is to do as well as you can, you don't want to jog around, fine, you know, go for it. My big thing is I don't want to take the fun out the weekend because we're not making money from this. You know, unlike yourself back in the day, I'm not representing my, my country. Do you know what I mean? I'm not representing Great Britain. I, I just, I want to do it so that I feel proud of myself. And I guess I'd like other people to feel a little, to, to feel, a, it's, it's always difficult for me to say. This is how people have to get the tissues out like they did for you. But I, if I'm really honest, I also want other people to feel a degree of pride or pr proud of me. I, I really struggle to say that. But I, I do, because I think we all want, to a degree, a certain amount of acknowledgement in life. So anyway, I've gone off on one there, Joe, but they're kind of my feelings on the whole marathon thing. So I'm really up for it. I'm up for working hard. Bring it on. Bring it on. <laughs> I'm just thinking about what you said. It's really interesting. You know, that whole thing around intrinsic and extrinsic motivation and reward. And I think, you know, like everything, a combination of a little bit of each is, is probably the best way to be. Um, and I always know throughout my entire running career, my harshest critic was me. I didn't need anybody to tell me I had a barrel race because however bad you thought it was, I can tell you, I thought it was a damn sight worse. So I didn't need that. But also, you know, it is, it is good to, for people to... You know, I did also, I did it for myself and what I thought about it. But then also I did enjoy people saying, oh, what a good run and all the rest of it. And sort of two things strike to mind. I, I remember when I first had my big breakthrough and qualified for the Commonwealth Games. And I made this comment at the time, which was now people will realise that I am a real runner. So it was that whole kind of, not only I achieved this for myself, but this kind of external validation. But then at the other extreme, I remember going to the national uh, cross-country championships, really nervous. And my husband saying to me, in, in the nicest, supportive way, nobody cares where you finish, Joe, and nobody expects anything of you. So the only person that's making it into a big deal is you. And, you know, which, in one sense, you might think it sounds harsh, but actually, I was trying to say, it is true, actually. Nobody does care. So, you know, you're just, you're just putting the pressure and making it unpleasant for yourself, almost. And it's kind of trying to find those you know, that's, I say, steer that middle ground between the two, isn't it? That we, you know, and I think we do do it for ourselves, but ultimately we also do it to, to impress other people, I suppose. And I don't, you know, I don't think you necessarily have to apologise for that. I think that's, you know, everybody wants recognition for what they do, don't they? Whatever field of life it might be in and, and all the rest of it. So, and I, my other big thing, I think, and I feel this more as a, female as well is that sometimes I think it's okay to be competitive I think we very much sometimes look at participation and I, and I absolutely support that but I think again there's though it's a continuum and I think it's okay to be really competitive I think it's okay to say I really want to get this from this and if anything less than that is not good enough for me again it's okay we're all different people and we all have different motivations and we all sit and say on different places on that continuum for, for different things um but yeah if, if if that's what your goal is and that's what you want to get out of it and that's hard-nosed competitiveness you know let's embrace that as well oh, i agree it's funny it's funny what you said about the female thing as well and that that com competitiveness and 
I think, you know, there's many things in life at the moment that are perhaps not so great, of course. That's always the case, you know, flick on the news. But I think attitudes are changing a little bit towards that is what I sense, Joe. So I think it's becoming more acceptable, like, you know, in terms of like, as you said, you know, women pushing themselves and being competitive and not being happy with just, you know, participation. And I think that's a real positive, isn't it? Obviously that everybody is involved, wants to do what they want to do. They've got their own target, whether you're male, female, whatever age, background, it doesn't matter because, you know, you talk about your husband, David, and what he says about, you know, finishing position and stuff. I, I you know, I agree so much with that. I think I've said before on these lives, I, I'm really convinced that people don't really care. Um, but not in a bad way, like you're saying. So, for example, the day after the um, the Manchester Marathon, you know, I messaged you or you messaged me going, oh, you know, well done, Jake. Whether I achieve my A, B or C time or I just complete it, you're going to credit me and, and you know, you're going to put a positive spin on it. And, and you know, if, if, if reframe it, if that's what I need you to do as a friend. I don't think you really care what the time is particularly. And I think everybody's the same. It's like, it's what's important to me. You know, I don't care what my runners want to achieve. As long as it's healthy and safe and it's viable, it doesn't really matter whether they just want to cross the line or whether they want to win it. <laughs> you know, I don't care. I just want to facilitate that for them so that they get, they're proud of themselves. It kind of goes back to that, really. It goes back, I think, a little bit to what I want of myself. I want to be proud of myself. So I kind of enjoy helping other people to experience the same sort of feeling, I guess, in some respects. Well, we got a bit deep and heavy there, didn't we? Tell me about... You're talking about how did you work out what time you want to run and how realistic do you think it is? And we've got into this whole other... Um, it was always going to happen. It was always <laughs> going to happen. Look, I'll, I'll, sh I'll just show you. God, look at the time. Crazy. I'm, I'm literally... I am going to have to go at one because I've got some cushions being delivered from, from the guys at Next between one and two. So if they're early, I have to go. Um, I, just, I was just going to say um, about Manchester. So I've got, I've got three target times. So potentially... Getting close to PB type territory, not a PB, but getting close to like, you know, 305, that type, that type of area. Three, 307, 308, I feel is a bit more realistic. I'd accept anything below 310. I want to say I'll accept anything below 310. That doesn't mean that if I get 311, I'm going to cry because things can happen in life, of course. But realistically, I think I'm capable of doing that. Let's see. But I'm based that on, on the whole training thing. So it's very easy to just think, well, I've, I've, I targeted this time when I set out with on this journey and that's what i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna do but as you know i've been five weeks away in like crazy hot greece and italy yes we were training and we made the best of it but it wasn't textbook we had to adapt a lot of the sessions and just do what we could do rather than what was perhaps required coming back then we've moved house and we've got all that to contend with and sometimes it's like oh crap we haven't ran just right shoes on out the door you know it's not not the best i think we've made the best of the situation and I think because of all that, that's why I'm not targeting like a dream time of sub three or anything. You know, I've done nowhere near enough marathon pace stuff, which I know you're a big fan of. So they're the kind of my reasons behind it, really. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Well, I was going to say, I think I might have done a bit too much marathon pace stuff. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm pretty of time pace. Um, I, I think my main problem is just, oh, uh, God, I could go on for hours. I could bore you to death. You see, this is why she never asked me about my running because it becomes I know, I know. an analytical monologue. But I think my running has, has just got into predominantly um, very steady effort running. And I don't think there's much lift to the marathon pace. So I think, and, and I could go into all of the reasons why that might be. And they're all terrible reasons and excuses, especially for a running coach. Um, 
but yeah, that's kind of where I think I am. But I'm hoping Panda will come through with <laughs> maybe his algorithm will really do <laughs> something. <laughs> I'm going to get on that. I'm going to get on that. But looking forward, I then have obviously wasted my time on this, this one website thinking, if I wanted to run a championship qualifying time, what do I think is a realistic weekly volume at a realistic pace that I could do to do that? And I might do a year-long experiment just to see. <laughs> well, I'll keep you pasted. I'm excited. I want to hear about this. I want to hear about this. We said, just quickly, we did say before this chat, we said, look, let, let, you know, we'll something a bit different today. We're going to chat about our marathon goals. But we have to be a bit careful in some respects. We didn't want to turn it into like a coaching session, either me coaching you or you coaching me and giving points and thoughts. Because, of course, we care and we want to and we're friends, so we want to help each other. But surely, and I've got to just put this to you, Joe, surely the fact that you ran, because if I was in your shoes, irrespective of how training's gone, I'd be thinking, well, London gave me confidence. Yes, it was 2000 and, is it 19? Yeah. But that must have given you confidence. So although maybe, you know, too much steady running this year or whatever, you know, and that kind of thing, putting your runners first, not yourself first, surely the ability is there, isn't it, to be getting back down to those times, would you think? So this is my problem. When I look objectively, volume-wise, absolutely spot on, not much difference between the two. I just have a catastrophic collapse in pace between now and then. So then, 2019, I was knocking out a park run. And I know a park run is not an indicator of a marathon. I say this to people all the time. However, I was knocking out a park run in 19 minutes. I'm at the moment knocking out a park run in 21 and a half. Um, so that's, you know, a significant difference. And I was, you know, comfortably bobbing along at a, a kind of 7, 7.30 per mile pace, um, which is pretty much that park run pace now. So things have just, have just changed between now and then. And you can't be disheartened by that either, can you? I mean, we, we say this to people. I think it is what it is. It genuinely is what it is. So... I think it's important sometimes that we don't think, and I'm telling myself this now, by the way, oh, well, this is lack of, uh, lack of ability. And uh, I'm not doing the sessions I was doing in 2019. I mean, I ran five by one miles, five by one mile I did leading up to the Manchester Marathon. This is why I knew I was in good shape. I did them with 60 second rest and I did 550 pace. I can't do that now. Mm -hmm. You know, I did, uh, I can't do that now. But I, I believe the ability is there. But the training hasn't been hasn't allowed that that ability to come to the surface, and I, it's hard sometimes to focus on that because we all have those doubts and fears, don't we? But that's what I'm trying to remind myself. So I think it's important. Listen, I've got to go. I've, there's going to be a knock at the door. Right. I've got to get my cushions because when obviously Manchester Marathon Week, hey, I need to chill out. I need to lie down, comfortable, reclined. I just need to chill. Listen. Um. Good luck, Joe with the marathon i'm saying like we're not going to speak before of course we are i'm going to see you we'll be here next friday to be honest guys i hope you enjoyed that did you have a box of tissues we're very honest weren't we really we could have spoken about our training forever but i hope you got something from it don't forget to tune in every single friday half 12 either on my page or joe's page at running joe tanker we'll be back on joe's page next week make sure you give a follow if you haven't already and we release full length running with jake podcast episodes if you don't know they are podcasts by the way they're on wednesdays I'll let you into a secret. You need to listen to next Wednesdays. I've got a very special guest on. Very special. I mean, very special. Red carpet, the lot. The oh, lot. Specially chose, in no way brought in at the last minute. <laughs> Have a great weekend, everybody. 
Have a great weekend, folks. That was Running With Jake, The Quick Hit. Hear the brand new full-length podcast every Wednesday or catch up now by searching Running With Jake, The Podcast.